Welcome to this Labor Day edition of Labor Day Weekend edition of Lambda Weekly. Um, Laurent Landis uh, here with Patty Fink. Sorry, we're not. We think we might be having some um, audio technical difficulties, so bear with us. Um, but David Taffet is off for the week. I know. He never takes. Actually, you know, he what? He took off what was the last month? And but but twice within a month or two, that's just really unheard of for David. Yeah. yeah. This is true. Right, and Gene Soslo is here, and we love having him around to help. Yes, yes. So um, we don't have a guest today. Um, we just figured, you know, there's so much news that goes on that we really don't really get to talk about all the time because we do have a guest. Um, we only have an hour, and you can only fit so much in that time. So we thought we'd take advantage of that today and kind of catch up on some news items that's been going on in our community. Um, what I mean, God, there's a lot. What, 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 what do you have, Patty? Well, I think it's interesting, um, some of the things that have come up this week, um, one of which, you know, we've been talking about the banning of LGBTQ in school libraries and public libraries around the country, and how um, grotesquely easy it's been for many school boards to just dismiss us completely um, as something that, as as a whole community that needs to be removed and erased from possible reading in the library. Um, So I thought it was interesting this week that uh, romance novelist Nora Roberts um, chipped in $50,000 to save a a library in Michigan that is being um, essentially defunded because they carry books about LGBTQ kids and, and young adults. So so who, who, who usually funds those libraries? The city, is it, the city does. So this, is, this was a library that's, that's now um, being, um, being kept open thanks to it's the Patmos Library in Jamestown, Michigan, which is the town's public library. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were um, defunding it uh, from public, public monies, and the library began to raise funds to try to stay open, and... Uh, romance novelist Norma uh, Nora Nora Roberts chipped in and um, is going to help them stay open at least another year. So that's good, and you know, hopefully by that time things will get back to somewhat normalcy. They'll fund the library. I can't believe they're willing to s- basically cease production or operation of an entire library just because of a few books that they don't like. And and people they don't like. And people they don't like. <coughs> yeah. They, and, and, you know, unfortunately, this is kind of popping up around the nation. Um, and I don't know. You know, banning books is nothing new. Right. But I've never seen it like this. Not in this country. Not in this country. It's it's just been um, a, a amazing. It's It's like wildfire going from place to place to place. As people say, oh, that's unacceptable. We're all about freedom, but not this freedom. To right. read, to read what you want to read, um, to say what you what you want to say or need to say, um, and yet it's all it's all couched in this this um, bizarre um, appeal for freedom because that's not freedom. That's not freedom that's at basi- all. That's basic freedom is to be able to read what you want, read books you want. 
I don't know if you ever saw the or read the book Fahrenheit 451. I know about it, but I've never read it. It's the temperature at which at which books burn. Mm. And so rather than then save books. Um, their fire department was literally came with with flamethrowers that would burn books. And so, if the alarm went off, it's because a book was found. Wow! And they went to burn it. And that's what it feels like from from my vantage point. I'm sure yours too. Mm-hmm. That Absolutely. They're they're coming they're coming after. Uh, and I say they. It's it's these extremists, and yet they're infiltrating and like. All kinds of school boards and 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 governing bodies over these libraries, and it's and it's not just us. It's it's you know all kinds of um, of other books, but but the LGBTQ books are fully a third of those books. Yeah, yeah. Are about our our lived experiences in our lives. It's bizarre. And as a book author, you must be totally offended. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I just do little children's books. <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that shows LGBT families. You know, there's really nothing. It's, 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 it's pretty innocuous. Um, there's nothing. I mean, what I tell you is innocent. It's very innocent. But there's people out there who are even opposed to that. And um, there's some other. I have another friend who's an author, um, and he wrote a um, young adult children's book, like when I shouldn't even say young adult, it's like 13, 14 years old, the age it covers. And his book was banned. Really? Yeah. And he, you know, he's published, um, his book, uh, a couple of, uh, stores wouldn't carry it because the lead characters, uh, uh was a gay teenager. That's wow. it. There's it's, it, the book is so innocent. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a novel, but still wouldn't carry it. So it's kind frustrating of, of honor at this point. Huh? It's kind of a badge of honor. It kind of is. If you go me. to, you know, if you go to, um, I'm not going to say the name of the bookstore, but there's a probably the only major bookstore that's left open. Um, if you go to their bookstore, they have a whole section that says banned books. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. It's awesome. It's like, you know what? If you still want these books, there's still ways to get them. You can still order them online. But, you know, you have to also talk about... Um, what this does for you, these banned books in the education system. So, like, one of the main books that I grew up with, or most people have grown up with, you were um, taught to read um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And that book has been off and on the banned list throughout the years. So, right now, it's back on. So, I took it upon myself. That was so we always have summer reading with me, uh, myself and Gabrielle, um, books to read every summer, and so I took it upon myself. I'm like, this probably won't be on. You all probably won't be able to read this next year, and so we read it. Uh, long book, took a while, but um, and sure enough, this year is the year they're supposed to read it, and I don't think it's banned from her school, but I guess they gave the teachers the choice whether they want to do it or not, and I guess they had to get permission from the parents. So basically, they're not reading it. Wow. Yeah. To Kill yeah. a Mockingbird. To Kill a that's Mockingbird. that's such a foundational piece of literature. It really is. It really is. Um, but again, it may, I, I guess it makes white people look bad. Well, and they're so fragile. And, you know. You know can't handle it. And, I mean, but it's, even though it's a fictitious piece of work, everything in it is absolutely true of the time that it covers. And the movie was the oh, it was an amazing movie. movie. In like 1962, which yes. is when I was yeah. born. Yeah. So, 
here it was in the thick of the rising civil rights movement, mm-hmm. and white people could handle it then. Yeah, you would think they'd be able to handle it now. <laughs> they can't now. They're just wusses. <laughs> complete wusses. You know, and like mouse. I mean, like, you know, they're complete yeah. wusses. Yeah. They, they just can't handle the truth. Yeah. In, in any way, shape, or form. And they don't want their fragile little kids to have to, you know, to learn and grow. Yeah. Um, and why they side with the abolitionists, the the slave owners and such when the, in the CRT stuff instead of the abolitionists, they just assume their kid's going to relate mostly with the slave owner and get all upset, you know. Well, you know, can you imagine if we were all relating to the abolitionists and said, let's get rid of racism in our community? <laughs> exactly. Wow, what a change that would be. It would be a huge change. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know what, what, what the future holds. Um, we know with all the, these banned books, I, I hope. Um, you know, another problem I have with it is, you know, what happened to letting people choose, with, especially at a public library? Yeah. School, even though I disagree with it, okay, fine. I can see you control what you think the kids should should not read. But a public library, okay, that's just like going to a video store. I'm, 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 I'm dating myself. Those don't, don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but when you went to a video store, you chose what you wanted to pick out. You chose what you wanted to rent and watch. It wasn't forced upon anybody. And then they didn't have sections where it was like, you know, blacked out. And you couldn't. Exactly. And so, I mean, that's that's what I thought libraries were, too. You go, you pick out what you want to read. If you don't like it or you disagree with it, don't check it out. And there is some incredible violence available in these video stores. Absolutely. So, I mean, Violence, movies that really are just over the top, nothing but gore and, and, mm-hmm. and pure violence. People had no problems with those. Of course, you know, they talk about, you know, like like porn would right. be at an adult bookstore just right. over the county line or whatever mm-hmm. or the city limits. Um, and that was that's pretty common still. It is. Um, but not a, these are mainstream libraries and these are Come on, let's do mainstream books. Mainstream books, yep. You know, yep. Um, To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird, yep. yep. That's, it's, it's. I, there really are no words for these. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of at a loss. I really don't even know what to say. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, if, you know, if, if you want a book, um, if you're a reader, of course, you already know how to go get your books, but I would definitely encourage you to continue to get them, spread those words. If you have children um, and you're encouraging them to read and you know about books that you think are important, don't just let it slip by. It's like, oh, they banned it at school, so you can't read it. No, go out and get the book yourself. Um, it's still available somewhere. Um, don't, don't let those books die out. And, you know, if you have if, if a concern about a book, but you think it's important, then read it together. Absolutely. You know, I think that's that's a phenomenal thing to be able to read with your kids and everybody sharing the story and take turns reading. That's exactly and what we did. It's a it's family time. It's it's mm-hmm. a, a great way to then talk about those concepts or issues that maybe you were concerned about so that you can, you know, put your parental spin on it the way you want your kids to hear it. 
Right. But it doesn't mean that that material should just be, no one should look at it ever. And what really chaps me in all of this, this whole concept of banning anything, what you can say, what you can read, is that they believe that for themselves, but they want to impose it on everybody. Everybody. So if I don't want my kid to read this book, no one should read this book. If I don't want my kid to be to hear the word gay, no one by law by can law, hear the yeah, word gay. Yeah. I mean that's it's just insane. But it kind of cracks me up because I did look at the Florida law um, mm-hmm. this past week, HB fifteen fifty seven, which has gone um, into effect now. It's gone into effect, and it's this don't say gay bill, and it does say sexual orientation and gender identity. Like, they can't talk about that in grades one through three or K through three. Uh, yeah, yeah. So to the third grade. it better be that they're not talking about, because they say, oh, well, it's about, um, you know, sexual orientation and gender identity is about gay people and trans people. No, it's about straight people, too. Yeah. Everybody has a sexual orientation. Everybody has a gender identity. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Even dead people. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, that's... They shouldn't be talking about their their straight marriages or their kids mm-hmm. or their grandkids. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be talking about anything that lets slip anything about sexual orientation or gender identity. And that's everybody. That's everybody. And here's the problem with, I mean, there's all kinds of problems with that law. But here's one of the ones that you really like, you're just stuck. Because I think a couple of teachers have already even raised this issue in Florida. Which, by the way, Florida is down 8,000 teachers this year. Wow. There's a teacher shortage all over the country. You but can't just dream somebody up. Yeah. Just go yeah walk into a you classroom. really can't. They are down. I can't say enough. 8,000. That's a lot of teachers. Um, and stuff like this, I'm sure, isn't helping. But anyway, so what do you do? Um, one of the most common things in elementary, I'm sorry, in uh, kindergarten and first grade is you have those kids draw a picture of your family. That right. is so common. Get up in front of the class and tell the class about your family. Well, what are you going to do to those little kids who have same-sex parents? Yeah. So are they, are, are they going to be snatched down and put in their seat and told, oh, we can't, we can't say that? But little John or little Susie can talk about their mom and dad? And not just that, but with all this, quote, CRT stuff, what if a kid has, has a, a mixed-race family? Right. Mi- Right. You know, they're in an interracial marriage. Yep. They have a kid. How are you gonna how are you gonna like shut them down? They can't talk about their family. Right, exactly. Oh my god, because the, the little white kids right. with two white parents, you know. Yeah. Or how about this? How about a black or brown kid adopted by a white family? Yeah. Can't can they not you, talk you, about that? You can't that? talk about that either? Yeah. You know, or or teachers are going to be afraid to even let them do this. And I, I understand why there's 8,000 down because, it, you know, a teacher's down in Florida. Texas has... has We're know, down too. We have enormous, by the thousands, um, open positions for teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they want, they want teachers to be, they're the culprits and the enemy when it comes to act, what's actually taught in the classroom. But they want that teacher to be the hero with a gun. Then when a, a, a spree shooter comes, an active shooter shows up and tries to kill kids and right. teachers. Right. And t- that's messed up. And that's coming from one side of, of the thought. That's the one side of, of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, to me, you can't have it both ways. 
Of course, yeah, you're I mean, married to a teacher. I mean, I am married to a teacher. I, I am everything you, you just described. I'm married <laughs> to a teacher. Um, <laughs> I, I have a mixed race child. <laughs> I'm in an interracial relationship. And, and I'm gay. We're all of that. <laughs> you, have, you got it all. Right there. I've got it all. What well, else can you throw on the list? I am all of that. And you're, and you're a, a kids' book author. <laughs> and I'm a children's books author. That's right. I'm all of that. <laughs> you were so bad. I really am. I am legally not uh, supposed to be even existing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Hopefully things will change and change here soon. Um, But speaking of that kind of way of life, I just want to call our our listeners' attention to the fact that um, The Handmaid's Tale is returning for a fifth season on Hulu. And it's the first episode of that season will season will drop September fourteenth, which is not next week but the week after, um, and then it'll be one episode weekly until the season is is out. You know, I have heard so much about this show, and I've never seen it. It's not my post to watching it. I'm just like a tub patty before the show. I'm just not paying for another streaming service. <laughs> God, I'm paying out the wazoo for so many. So, um, you know, hopefully they'll release it on DVD or something. I can just. Well, praise be. You got to check out Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Well, now I, I won't say that. Of course, we're uh, it, it, in, encouraging uh, Disney's. Uh, uh, pockets to get fatter but uh, <laughs> uh well, well but yeah check out hands me still i i heard it's a great great show so it's um it's gonna be intense i didn't even know they were planning i thought it was done done at the end of the the fourth season hmm. like the whole series right right no but it's back and it's gonna be um, interesting all right well we need to take a quick break we will be right back with more on lambda weekly right after this Welcome back to Lambda Weekly. I'm Laurent Landis here with Patty Fink, and uh, this is KNON FM Radio. 89.3 FM. 89.3 FM. Thank you so much, Patty. Um, it's a little good news um, I wanted to talk about, and that is pride. Um, <laughs> to my surprise, I'm kind of late to this. There's another pride that's going to happen in Dallas. I'm, I'm shocked. I, I didn't, but I wasn't keeping up, obviously. Yeah, I yeah. I haven't heard anything about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, starting September 12th, uh, which is just another week in that week or so, um, there's going to be an, another week-long Pride. Um, and this one takes it back to Cedar Springs. And this is a different organization. It, this one is called Pride in Dallas. Not to be with cute, confused with Dallas Pride. So... For years, what for decades, Dallas. Okay. For 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 decades, um, Dallas Pride, our Pride Parade was on Cedar Springs in September mm-hmm. because it was to commemorate the first ruling um, that overturned the sodomy ban in Texas right. back in 1982, 83, something like that. Um, and then two years ago. Or was it a, uh, almost three years ago now? Three years ago. They moved it back to June to go along with the rest of the nation, um, which is Pride Month, which is the official uh, LGBT Pride Month. Well, and it was it was driven in part by they were ripping up Cedar Springs. True. That, 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 that's true, too. Um, that was in 2019, I believe. 2019, right, right before the pandemic. Yeah. And so... Um, but now, you know, there, there's a lot of people, the whole... 
uh, moving Pride, not just back to June, but also moving it from Cedar Springs to um, Fair, Park. Fair Park, it's been mixed. Some people really like it. Um, some people miss having it back on Cedar Springs in the neighborhood. Um, I know Patty's one of those. <laughs> so now, Patty, you got your Pride back. But... Yes. Um, so now, again, there's a new organization called Pride in Dallas, and there I um, just found this out, and I was listening to um, a town hall, I guess they did, in the summer uh, in preparation for this, and they, it is going to be very scaled back. It's not going to be as big as what you think it's going to be because this is their first time getting a new organization. Um, so I got to thinking, are, is Dal- so now Dallas will have had three Pride celebrations in one calendar year. We had the Dallas Pride um, back in June. Mm-hmm. Then we had the Dallas Southern Pride um, that was at the end of August. And now we're coming up with another general. Uh, it's called Pride in Dallas on Cedar Springs on September 12th. So I got to thinking, you know, I, what other cities or are there other cities that don't celebrate Pride in June? And there are some others. And there, there are quite a few, actually. It's probably more than I could find. But here's what I found. In October, Phoenix, that's when they do their pride. Interesting. Yeah, that's a major city. Um, Las Vegas, they do their pride in October. Atlanta, Atlanta does their pride in October. That, that you know, was surprising. October is me. LGBTQ History Month. It is, and that's also National Coming Out mm-hmm. on October 11th, so right. I get that. Um, and here's the one that really pushes it. In November, Palm Springs, California does their pride. November. November. Like, okay. Now, I, I've never been to Palm Springs, California, but I'm thinking maybe that's when the heat really starts to cool down is in November. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the reason why, but it's interesting. You know, Aaron and I did that um, for our, uh, our our anniversary one year we went. Um, we did the train in Canada. Like oh, yeah. It was Canada's 150th um, year of existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's supposed to be centennial, which nobody there knew that word, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. And we took the train from Toronto to Vancouver. And it took a week, and it was, it was, it was such a fantastic trip. But we stopped in Jasper in, um, in the Rocky Mountains in Alberta. And they were celebrating Pride then. Really? The March, early April. Really? Yeah, they had the Pride banners on all the all the flag pole, all the light poles up and down everywhere. Was it beautiful there? Oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was yeah. just gorgeous. There was still snow on the ground. Um, you know, they were still experiencing winter. Right. Um, but it was what a what a an amazing burst of color as we pulled mm-hmm. into that station and we got to stay there for a couple of hours and walk around and you know eat and shop and that kind of thing before we took off again um and so it was really kind of a joy to see it was full-blown thick of pride yeah yeah guy yeah I, I, unexpected <laughs> unexpected i would really like to experience pride in the winter yeah. <laughs> I really would. Well, and what is winter? <laughs> we, we have to ask that question. We, Texas, yeah, we have to ask that question. Everything winter, from yeah, 85 yeah. degrees to freezing and people dying. <laughs> yeah, you I know? don't want any people dying. I just want to feel a little chill while I'm walking in a parade. <laughs> right. That would be different. That would be very different. And I'm sure up in Canada, yeah, that's winter. 
That's some serious winter up there. Um, but, you know, what do you think about so many? And what I didn't have time to research is if any of these other cities have multiple price in the same calendar year. Looks like Dallas is the only one that I've, I'm seeing anyway. Um, what do you think about there being multiple pride celebrations in the same calendar year? Is it too much? Is it diluting the specialty of a pride? Um, well, we already have it. We've had it for a long time because we have a we have the Tavern Guild Pride. Right. We have Black Pride. Well, yeah, uh, Dallas Southern pride. pride. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Latino Pride. Um, and so we already do it multiple multiple prides in a year because our community is not united. We're, we have our own um, issues of racism mm-hmm. and classism yep. um, and sexism and, and, right. and all of those things. So we, we already do it. We just don't recognize it as that's what we're doing. So to have another, I guess... General pride. General pride, which... To, to me, I, I'm curious to see. We're not going to be here next week, but um, so I'll miss the show next week. So. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but uh, it's Aaron's birthday, so we're oh, happy early birthday, Aaron. Yeah, she's. Um, fi- we're finally going to, you know, finally enjoy New Orleans. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, she hasn't been in years. Yeah, that's her. She's a Nola native. She um, is. So <laughs> that's going to be a, a, a great birthday, but. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many people show up for it, what kind of reaction people have, and what's the mix of people participating in the in mm-hmm. the parade. Yeah, yeah. Is it going to be a parade? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. It's going to be from, like I said, they 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 did say that it's going to be very scaled back. This is their first time doing this with this new organization. And I think it's going to start at Cedar Springs and Douglas and go all the way to Cedar Springs and Oaklawn. Okay. So main strip right there. Main strip. Um, not incredibly long, but you know, I don't know how many floats are going to be in it. I, again, I, I don't know. This is going to be interesting. Um, but I wonder, and hopefully it's a success. I wish them well. Um, I wonder, will the two stick? The two general prize, anyway. Well, we'll still have the big one in June, and then this one in September. I, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, if you wanted to, to, to come back home to the neighborhood, <laughs> you got your wish. You got your wish. Go out there and enjoy. And, you know, hopefully it will be cooler. Yeah, well. No, I mean, it's still hot, but maybe not 105, maybe just 98. Well, you know when we had that? <laughs> When we had that dip below 100, right, <laughs> and it wasn't blazing 101, it was just a tip at 98. Right. You know, people were, I heard uh, people around me saying, oh, finally it's it's cooler. It's, you know, it's on its downswing and everything. And I thought, don't, yeah. don't count on that. Don't count on that. You know, they were like, well, when do you think it's going to get cool again? I'm like, October? Maybe. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. remember doing... Our pride when it was on Cedar Springs in September, the third weekend in September, mm-hmm. and blazing hot, blazing I had heat. heat exhaustion. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Well, yeah, it was it was bad, and it was like that's Texas in September. That's Texas in late September. You know, we marched in this um, past June's Pride um, out at Fair Park. It was brutal. It was yeah. brutal. Um, 
and there were, you know, I marched with um, a family group, an LGBT family group, and um, there's a couple of kids who had to be pulled out. They were little kids, but, you know, it, it was brutal. That's just constant when you're out there and you're out when you're on the float. You're, you you got to get there an hour or so early, sometimes even earlier, setting up. Um, it's a whole process. And so by the time you do all that and go through the parade and end, you've been in direct heat for hours. That's hard. See, they should start. They should start everybody in the IV IV starting station. <laughs> that would be a good you idea. Get your drip on a pole, right? You know, you just get right in, and then you're like hydrated for the whole yeah the whole yeah. thing, and then you like get it discontinued at the end, and your band aid yeah, and yeah. and you're done. That's the way it should be. <laughs> you know what I wish they would do? We should maybe have pride at Jerry's World indoors. Open up the entrance on one end, and just the floats go through and exit through the other. And everybody stays put. And everybody stays put. You see all the floats, and you're in air conditioned. (laughs) That's what I think we should do. That's pretty brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if there's any other facility in a Dallas-Fort Worth area that could accommodate all those floats and people in the same venue. So, Jerry would love it. I'm yeah, sure he would Jerry too. Would love it too, Gene. There's still fo- there's still <laughs> football games going on in June, um, so yeah, why not? Why not? That would, be, that would be an amazing thing, and you could still have your fourteen dollar hot dog. You should, yeah, absolutely, and absolutely. And your eighteen dollar beer, <laughs> you know, and and enjoy. And enjoy. It's not like the Cowboys are going to be in a Super Bowl right then, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think that's a good idea. Maybe somebody should get, get with Jerry and talk about that. Um, some other good news, and that is, and all this talk about um, these different attempts or different bills being passed to curb or make it illegal to um, for trans youth to have gender affirming health care. We just got some good news out of the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, and that covers Arkansas. Apparently, Arkansas covered a, um, or passed a law in April. Um, it's called Act 626, and let me tell you specifically what the law does. Uh, the law prohibits medical providers from offering puberty blockers, hormone replacement therapy, or surgeries to anyone below the age of 18. The law also prevents medical providers from referring trans youth to other providers who might offer such care. Any medical professional who violated, violated the law would be subject to possible discipline by professional regulatory bodies. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, they basically... They no medical care. They 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 care nothing about these trans kids, um, and the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, they said it was unconstitutional for a reason I would have never thought. Because and here's here's what they said: because of the minor's sex at birth determines whether or not the minor can receive certain types of medical care under the law. Act six twenty six discriminates on the basis of sex. So there you go. they ruled it on sex discrimination. Is it working? We got it working. Thank you, Gene. So um, th- I thought that was very interesting. Wow. I would have that never thought about that. I guess that's why I'm not an attorney or a judge uh, to think of all those creative, creative lines. But, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And they're probably going to try to appeal it beyond that. Um, who, who knows? Yeah. But 
that's that's a great ruling, and that's in Arkansas. That is, it is in Arkansas, and that covers, here I'll tell you, the Eighth Circuit, it does not cover Texas. We are covered by the Fifth Circuit. Right. Um, but this covers Arkansas, Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North, and South Dakota. Pretty much all of those are red states, I think, except for Minnesota. Well, you know what's interesting to me is there's that. There's, there's all of that, you know... Um, basically banning mm-hmm. things for people they don't like or who are, who are different. And then you go out to California, and there's a slew of bills. There are actually nine bills um, uh, that will be sent to the Governor, governor Newsom for signature mm-hmm. um, out of their legislature. And they are for things like um, anyone who treats a trans person uh, medically uh, must receive basic cultural competency training. Um, in the LGBTQ com- community and trans issues. So here are, are trans, prov- uh, trans people often have to educate their health care providers about gender in order to receive the care they need. So it's the responsibility of the provider to get educated about trans health care. And you said this bill did or did not pass? It did pass. It's a waiting signature. Gotcha. That's awesome. So this, these are the kinds of things that California is passing. They're, they're getting into it. Also, states, the state's pharmacists and pharmacy technicians have to undergo at least one hour of culturally competent training about the concerns of the LGBTQ plus community before receiving a license. Wow. So that's another bill. So these are the the contrast of what's happening in Arkansas. I mean, the complete antithesis of, of Texas. And it also there's another bill that requires um, the governing board of each community college district in California to implement a process by which students, staff, and faculty can declare an affirmed name, gender, or both name and gender identification to be used in records where legal names are not required by law. So they can be addressed as they. Um, identify. Hmm. So I, I think that's that's pretty exciting. And then there's another bill that's awaiting signature that I think is really important, and we would love to have this here. It explicitly prohibits um, adoption agencies that place or agencies that place foster children from declining to place a child with a resource family because a resource family parent identifies as LGBTQ. And they have to get rid of the phrase "hard to place children." Interesting. Because no child is hard to place. Right. Interesting. So these are really good kind of awesome bills that that provide fundamental things, but uh, are not so core as to deny care, deny health care to a child. Right. I find absolutely stunning. You know, and you know, here in Texas, we're just trying to survive. We are. We really are. Um, as far as getting a pro-LGBT bill passed, we're having to uh, just, just shear off all of the anti-LGBT bills. And we've had to do that for so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, if, if things change and we get, say, a different governor or the legislature <laughs> flips, you know, a different way, then maybe we can actually focus ourselves. On, for one, we can take a breath. Yes. And secondly... Maybe focus on things like employment, housing. <laughs> Absolutely. Housing for our LGBTQ seniors is a, is a big deal. Housing for LGBTQ youth who have been kicked out of their homes and are experiencing homelessness is a big deal. Yeah. We're not addressing that. 
We're not addressing, you know, basic things like rape. <laughs> no. Oh, God, it's a whole other conversation. State. But yes. And, you know, going back to the bill that the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals um, just um, reversed the decision on, um, apparently there's 12 other bills in various states that have tried um, to pass similar laws, and they all have failed. So that's encouraging. It is. That's encouraging. Um, but, you know, again, we've got to keep the fight up. You know, you would not – how does that thing even become a, a, a thing that – Keeping children from health care isn't is an issue. It's 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 kids they don't like. It's kids they, they don't. They really like. don't care about those kids. No, no, it's not not the kind of kids that think think they think should exist. But uh, we'll be right back. We need to take another uh, break here on Lambda Weekly. And welcome back to Lambda Weekly. I'm Laurent Landis here with Patty Fink. And uh, just before the. Uh, for the break, uh, Patty was talking about some of the possible great bills that are coming out of California and that are just waiting on signature. Right. Well, <clears throat> California also just came out with a new um, census. And this is no surprise, but basically they were um, calculating the states with the largest adult LGBT population. And to no well, surprise, yeah. California comes out at number one. That's the largest population. It's, it's the largest anyway. populated state. Exactly. Yeah. So just by numbers game, I, I, I'm not surprised. But I am surprised by the other rankings. Guess who comes at number two? Um, New York. No, that would be us. Texas. Texas, Texas comes in. No- queers in Texas. <laughs> queers and steers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You did, you did. You did, you did. Um, yeah, so apparently Texas, um, 8.4% of all adults um, identify as LGBT. Wow. I think that's that, that's surprising. Um, New York comes in number three. And the lowest state, um, I'm just jumping all the way uh, to the bottom, the lowest state, it, this is surprising too, North Carolina comes at the bit dead last. How many do they have? It, it just says 6.3%. But, you know, we grew up, at least I did, we always heard that we make up 10% of the population. One in every 10 adults or people are LGBT. And I have yet to see, actually, with all of these different censuses, I actually have to see that 10% marker broken. Even California is not. I think they're like 9 point something percent. Well, you have to ask the question to get the answer. You do. you got to ask the question. Um, You have to um, be willing to acknowledge it. A lot of people will not. Um, And, yeah, so I guess that's a hard thing to actually count. Well, and there are so many things rolled up in this whole idea of counting how many of us Mm -hmm. are there. Uh, one, we had the 2010 census under President Obama where it was sort of that convoluted thing about marriage. How many married LGBT couples are there? And you had to, you had to take this value here. You had a household and the gender of the people in the household and were they married. And then oh, you yeah. say, oh, well, there's that's a gay couple there. Right. But they ne- they've never asked the question. And, of course... In the 2020 census, that question about marriage and that interpolation of how many of us are there, that wasn't even asked. Yeah. It's gone. And as, as, as it kind of should be because not every LGBT person is married. 
Right, right. So the only thing it was counting even in 2010 was married people. Exactly. And we didn't even have marriage equality. We didn't even have marriage equality then. So it's been really tough. But if you look at um, you look at the cross tabs on these on these polls and surveys that are done, you can see the skewing it toward young people. So like a big number, big percentage of of young people are willing to tell a pollster or whoever's sponsoring the survey that they're lesbian, gay, bisexual, or, or trans, mm-hmm. or gender nonconforming, or gender fluid. Um, and you get up to the older ages, like 65 plus, that same number is very small because people are who are older are not going to tell somebody that come out to them. They're right. just not going to come out, mm-hmm. especially if it's a government agency. Asking. Especially, yeah. So the, by the time we get the average... Um, it, it's it's usually down, but the the early numbers from people like forty and under are pretty high. Mm-hmm. And as we age out, and they become older and and more comfortable in in, in themselves and coming out earlier in life, those numbers I think are going to prove to be roughly ten percent. Right now, when you look around the world, they're stable numbers. Around the world for all of us because it's you're not you leave a border and oh there are no oh, gay no. people we're in this everywhere or whatever you know so yeah. we're all over the all over the world so that sort of averages out to five to twelve percent of the population in we're talking about Africa and Asia everywhere everywhere so um, if you don't ask the question you don't get the answer you know one thing I have seen in the past ten years or so when you look on some new job applications they do ask it's, it's it's few and far between but some companies do ask and of course it's voluntarily um, information you don't have to answer it but they do ask i'm like that, that's kind of interesting like, i can see that's going to be good or bad and you typically if it's a company that's asking they're probably already scoring to 100 on the hrc um index or whatever so there's something that they are encouraging you to be yourself um but I, I thought that was interesting. And it's also optional now in healthcare. Oh, is it? That you should be seeing a question when you when you go to a doctor and you fill out that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. It should be. A, it's a voluntary thing. It's not required. Right. Um, but they're supposed to be making that option available so that you can self-identify. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah. How, how how would you know? I mean, of course, I. I Legal marriage documents, that's one way to count, but it's not the only marker. And, again, it's only married people. Only married people, exactly. There's an awful lot of single gay people, (laughs) single trans people out there. Absolutely. And and they'll let you know. I mean, just look at the the apps for them. But even even the trans counting can be skewed. If you have transitioned, you know, if I transition to a woman, okay, I identify as a woman. I go get married. All it's going to say on the marriage certificate is that I'm a woman married to a man. Right. It's not going to say I'm a trans woman. So how do you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's not and even. if you're filling out a census. Yeah. Yeah, I'm female now. Yeah, you know, I'm female, female. now. So, yeah, so even that's not really a great way to count. But anyway, I thought it was interesting. Uh, there's a lot more of us here in the state of Texas than I thought. Um, and it was so interesting about that. You would think with such a high population of LGBT people who are identifiable, we wouldn't be fighting the battles that we're fighting, like in California. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so, so what's California's percentage? Uh, let me see. It is 9.2. 9.2, yeah. so not that much. No, not that much more. Not that much more. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we as we go into this legislative session in Texas, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a valuable number to say 8.4% of us are LGBTQ. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Because it's, they, they like to portray us as this minuscule, negligible number, and yet they, they spend enormous resources trying to make our lives miserable or non-existent. <laughs> exactly. So if we're so small, why are you spending, why is this the the your top priority? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. And your top resource getter. Right. That's, I mean, that's crazy. But the truth is, we're here. We're here. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We really are. It's interesting when we when I teach some of these classes, like at Dallas Fire Rescue Academy and Dallas Police Academy, how many people, when, we, when I ask the question now, how many people, how many of you know someone who is LGBTQ? And, and because they came out to you, not because you think they are. Right. And it's almost 100% hands now. Yeah, yeah. It really is kind of interesting because everybody knows somebody. You know somebody. Yeah. You know somebody. Yeah. And um, so the, the the people who sit there with their their hands in their laps are very few and far between. And I think that's really cool because it used to not be that used to way. not be that way. Mm-hmm. You'd see a few hands, and that was it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, do a little bit of sports news. So uh, Carl Nassip. He is the NFL player. Um, he became the first openly gay active NFL player back in 2021 when he played for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, I'm stressing active. I know everybody wants to jump and say, oh, what about Sam? Um, but we're talking about active player. So he did make history doing that. And now he, he was released from the uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders um, earlier this year. Anyway, he just signed a new contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so that's huge. Um, cool. And he got a really big salary. So he still remains as the only active, openly gay player in the NFL. So we're glad that he's there. Hopefully there'll be more soon, but I think that's, that, that, that was newsworthy in NFL. That is, that's, that's groundbreaking. It really because is. Because what we've experienced with NFL players primarily um, is that they come out after they retire. After they retire. And, yep. you know... David Cope, we had, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, quite a few of them over time. Um, but that's exciting to see an active player today mm-hmm. under contract and a good contract. All right. So, I, you know, congrats to, congrats to him and, and look forward to seeing him. Yeah. And, and it, it, he, he kind of told a funny story, I guess, at the press conference of him signing with the Tampa Bay. Um, Buccaneers, he said, what was the best thing about the, the, uh, the, the questions? And he said, hardly any of them had to do with him being gay. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's just not an, it's not, it's not an issue anymore. And it, as it should never be an issue. Right. Um, so yeah, good progress. Progress. Yeah. Slow, but still progress. Well, you know, I, I think of sexual orientation and gender identity more like we think of, it's just a human attribute. More like we think of like dominant handedness or mm-hmm. handedness at all. You're right handed or you're left handed, and nobody right. thinks anything of it. It's like if you're left handed, cool. Yeah. If you're yeah. right handed, cool. Cool. You know, but there was a time and 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 place where the the world wanted everyone to be right handed, and they would force you. They to forced. Be yeah. 
And I mean, this is centuries of tradition. Mm-hmm. And left was seen as that's where the word sinister comes from, mm. meaning left, because it was evil. And it's right. You know, this is right was good, left was bad. You know, and it's, it's, it's persisted in our language, mm-hmm. but it is just what it is, and nobody nobody cares. Nobody cares. And about ten percent of the population is left-handed. Right. Right. <coughs> and so, you know, again, you know. I think it's really taken a lot to get through, particularly in male-dominated sports. Um, yes. You know, the, the whole stereotypes. I mean, God, I remember, when, you know, even before Michael Sam got drafted, the, the big conversation was, oh, my God, we're going to have a gay guy in the same dressing room with us? That was the, that, that was what, that's what the concern was. Like, are, are you kidding? And? I, don't, I guess what they've already been, they've always been there. They've always been yeah. there. <laughs> And here's the other thing I didn't get. They have um, uh, cisgender female reporters in men's locker rooms. They had no Uh issue with that. Right. None. (laughs) But you have another cisgender male player, and because you find out his sexual orientation, now there's an issue? I'm I'm not making a correlation here what the problem is. But that was a big issue back then. Yeah. You know, so then they want to pass laws so they don't feel uncomfortable. <laughs> or, I'm sensing a pattern here. Yeah, yeah. Or, God, are we going to make a whole separate uh, dressing room for the, for the gay players? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Because you guys are too fragile and can't handle it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what else is happening in the sports world? Oh, well, you know, the GOAT. The GOAT retired. She or did. May, we, we think Britta's retired. Yeah. But I, I think from her parting words... Um, after her her last match, um, I think Serena is going to going to retire and be a mom and do the things that she aspires to mm-hmm. to do and be. And what a career! What a stellar career! And I, I really think she's got um, um, her her peak of contributions to our society has not even started. Yeah, you know, I mean, she's really opened up the game of tennis to so many people, people of color mm-hmm. who didn't play or mm-hmm. watch, mm-hmm. Um, and um, women. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, her her strides in in women's um, equality and women's capabilities and women's reach and success, and I I think there's so much more she's going to bring to to our world. I wish her all the best. Oh, the tune. She really has. I mean, people <coughs> who, you know, young may not realize this, but, you know, tennis, she's done what for tennis what Tiger was did for golf. You know, we're talking about very, very white-dominated sports. Um, prior to uh, Venus and uh, Serena, the only other black um, tennis player that I ever heard of was um, Arthur Ashe. Um but that again, that was just an anomaly. And you know, you're talking about these are sports that took money. You have to, to enter into competitions. Took money to even um, get coaching. You know, it, these are these were very white 
elite uh, sports leagues. And these two little girls came from a poor neighborhood, you know, and for their dad. In Compton. From Compton, yeah. And not only did he get them into the sport, they more than excelled. It's just a magnificent American story. It is. And Arthur Ashe, they were playing in Arthur Ashe. She was playing in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yes, yes. At the U.S. Open. Yeah, I thought that was really great. And, um, you know, so when you mention Arthur Ashe, I'm like, and yet he... He his standard of excellence mm-hmm. in the game and in the sport, um, and and in off the court, on and off the court, um, is something that she's done too. She has, you know, she's really elevated the game in a way, and yet made it accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I, you know, she's I, she wholly deserves the game. She wholly did, and you know, the greatest of all time. I finally, it, it's nice to see her. I've been seeing some lists lately. The greatest athletes of all time, and they list her right alongside with Michael Jordan and some of the other greats. I'm like, and she deserves to be there. Well, she's blown everybody away, men and women. Men and women. Yeah. How many Grand Slams she's won? Yep. yep. Um, and the accomplishments in her sport are mm-hmm. just excel and exceed everybody. So, no question, she's the she's the goat. She's absolutely goat. Absolute goat. And she's still young. She's only 41, I think. Yeah, yeah, she's got a gorgeous little kid. She does. Very cute little girl. Um, and I think is a, probably an outstanding mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'll raise her daughter to set her sights high. Yeah. yeah. You know, high and wide. Because that's that's what she did um, and her parents did for her. So Absolutely. Um, and imagine how many other little girls look up to her and will set their sights high and wide um, because she was, she was there. Yeah, you she know, was there. She's doing it. And uh, and then a little side note from from you know Serena had said that um, this U.S. Open was going to probably be her last. So so she starts playing in round one, and it was one of the most watched matches. We watched it, mm-hmm. most watched matches because is this going to be her last match? Is is she going to? Is this the one where she retires? When you know, win or lose, is what's going to happen? And uh, amazing game. Her skill and performance, she brought her A game. Yeah. Um, and she hasn't lost it at all. And just, you know, took took both sets handily. Mm-hmm. But there were so many celebrities in the stands. <laughs> I mean, there was Anna Wintour. <laughs> all these people. And it was really kind of funny because at one point in the evening... Um, our, our own Laverne Cox, trans actress, mm-hmm. uh, well known, was in the stands wearing a mask. Wearing a mask. <laughs> um, and a, a, a clinical mask. Yeah. And um, people were there and watching on television and filmed her, done, posted videos. It said, Beyonce's here. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and even though. And when she when she caught on that evening that she was, you know, Beyonce was trending on Twitter and she looked at her phone and saw what it was, she just rolled with it. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And yeah. she said, "Oh, Beyonce, I worship, I right. worship Beyonce." She's like, she's like my goddess. And, right, right. And and I'm she retweeted everybody who decided that she was Beyonce. <laughs> right. And I I heard a quote. I didn't know if this came from her or if somebody else said that they wished that she had said it. I'm not sure, but the quote was. Beyonce wishes I had wishes she had my height, and I wish I had Beyonce's money. <laughs> there you go. 
Because she's a tall girl. Uh, yeah, she yeah, she's a tall girl. She's, I think she's like 5'11", 6 foot or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Who would, we all wish we had Beyonce's money. But um, <laughs> all right, we are out of time. We are sure. out of time. Thank you so much, Gene, for assisting. Oh, Always yes, love you, having Gene. you around. Thank Gene you. Gene rocks. He really does. And we'll be, I'm not sure who's going to um, guest us next week, but we'll see you next week.